0: This episode of Rule Breaker Investing is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com/fool and enter promo code FOOL. It's the Rule Breaker Investing podcast with Motley Fool co-founder David Gardner. Welcome back to Rule Breaker Investing. A delight to have you join with me this particular week. I had a lot of fun with Mailbag to close out August last month. At the end of that episode, that Shaggy Dog 47-or-so-minute episode, which was probably more like 53 before my producer, Rick Engdahl, worked his magic and knocked it down into the fours. Anyway, at the end of that episode, I said something like this. I'm excited about next week's podcast because I'm going to do something I've waited to do for at least two years. And that is, I'm excited to go over the results of stock picking with you, done both two years ago and one year ago. So let's step back a sec. If you're a new listener, you might not know that here on the 115th or so podcast for Rule Breaker Investing, about every 10 of them, so about 10 or 11 times now, I pick stocks. And it's just a sampler. I pick five stocks and I I go with a theme. Um, Behind that, of course, the reason I say it's a sampler is because if you're not already a member of Motley Fool Stock Advisor and or Motley Fool Rule Breakers and or Motley Fool Supernova, the three services that in particular I work on, and I love all our other services too, so I hope you're a member of Motley Fool One, which means you get all of our services. But if you're not already a member, you might not realize that there are 100 or more stocks that I've recommended in those services, we track them every day, we follow them, we learn about them as a community, we buy them, we hold them. Sometimes we sell them, rarely. But if you didn't already know that, that's kind of what my full-time job is here at The Motley Fool, is picking stocks every month and then watching the results with members who presumably buy our services in order to actually act on the advice they're paying for on a monthly or annual basis. And then we watch and see how they do. and. If you've put real money into these companies, as I have, then it's kind of helping determine your destiny over the course of time. And My aim with everything that we do at The Motley Fool is that we help you do better with us than you would have without. Of course, in particular, I try to beat the market. That's going to be a theme this week. I try to beat the market. Not every Motley Fool service is premised on the idea of beating the S&P 500 or the Dow Jones Industrials or whatever you're competing against. Some people, as it turns out, don't care as much about beating the market. They just don't want to lose money, or they have some other goal. So, we have services aimed that way. But my work, and anybody who's listened to this podcast more than three or four times knows this already, my work is premised on spending time to choose stocks in order to beat the index fund, the S&P 500. So, I've done that now nine or ten times, and we review them, generally a year or so later, and see how we're doing. I'm happy to say the record, I think, so far has been pretty good. I'm not sure that these five-stock samplers, I'm not sure I've been losing on one of them yet. If I have lost on one, it would only be one or so. And I do have a habit of sometimes forgetting bad news or sad things in my past. so It may well be that one of you could remind me that when I've done these reviews, which I do every 10 or so podcasts, maybe I was losing to the market once or twice, but I don't really remember many times. And I'm going to say, with no spoilers, that record is on the line this week. And the reason I said earlier that I'm excited to do this and I've waited two years is because for the first time, we're going to review more than one five-stock sampler list. And that's because approximately two years ago this week, in fact, it was September 2nd of 2015, I picked five stocks for the next five years. And that's now two years ago this week. And then last year, on the September seven two 2016 podcast, I picked five low-risk stocks for the next year. So For the first time, we have an opportunity to review both. See how we've done. See what we learn. Now, since this is the first time I'm actually reviewing the performance of 10 stocks on one podcast, there is a danger that I could get too deep into the numbers, uh, and I'm not going to make that mistake. I don't want to go back and explain each of these 10 stocks, what I was saying at the time, or what we've learned since. That probably takes more work than our two-man show here with this podcast has time for. But what I am going to do is I want to say a few things first about why we do this and how it works, and then we're going to go over the results and see what's up. So, With a little preamble, then, I just want to say, I guess, four quick points. The first is, what I love about picking stocks and what I enjoy about this podcast, specifically this week or the one I did 10 weeks ago or so when I picked stocks, is that it's one thing to talk in life. It's one thing to talk. It's another to put talk into practice. And I think that the best instructors, the best teachers, the best people, our exemplars, ideally are people who both talk the talk and walk the walk. And so I highly encourage you if you're somebody who tends to walk a lot but not talk enough, you should talk more because you've got a lot to say. You've been walking the walk. I bet we can learn from you. On the other hand, if you're somebody who's just talking a lot but not walking much, I'm going to encourage you to start putting your theories and ideas into practice in the real world. It's deeply satisfying to unite those two things. If you find yourself just doing one and not enough of the other, then I'm not sure you're the fully rounded human being of the most value to the rest of us that you could be. So I think it's a wonderful discipline, and I try to practice it here. I'm quite sure I talk too much and don't walk quite enough. because I do babble for about half an hour every week through this podcast, and geez, I'm only picking three or so stocks a month. But I'm definitely Definitely talking and walking, and I really appreciate having done that now for 20 plus years at Fool.com. That's point number one. Point number two it's one thing to walk the walk, put what you say into practice. It's another thing to score that thing. So I celebrate actors acting, and I mean that in the sense of the small a, uh, taking action in life kind of way. It's one thing to act, to walk, it's another thing to score. The results of your actions and activities. So that's another important thing. That's why I'm modeling that through this podcast. And by the way, this podcast again is just kind of a sampler of what happens at Motley Fool Stock Advisor every day, week, month, and year for 15 years or so, and rule breakers as well, and each of our Motley Fool services, including Motley Fool Supernova. So we're scoring all the time. Act and score. Score your actions, point number two. Point number three score and you do two great things. Point number 3, the first of them, the first of them is that you learn, and that is absolutely critical. When we score things, we provide ourselves a mechanism to know how we're doing. If we're talking and or walking, but not scoring, then it's very hard for us to reflect on whether what we said or did worked. I love the stock market because it's so numerical. Um, I'm definitely a numbers person, even though I'm an English major. I love statistics. I love baseball statistics in particular. If you've listened with me, even if you're not a baseball fan, you know that over the months and years. But what I love about it, baseball and the stock market, but let's just talk about the stock market, is that almost every action can be scored. Not only can you say, I bought this stock at $65 a share, but you can also say, and that day, the stock market, the S&P 500, was at X. And now we can fast forward through to here and we can see whether your stock beat the market or not. Yes, it's important if it just went up or down. A lot of people don't care as much about beating the market as I do, but a lot of people just want to make money and I understand that. I want to do that too. But isn't it great that we can both score whether we made money or not? And whether it was worth it to have picked that stock, or should you have just stuck with the index fund. The gentlemen see, as I've said many times in the past, go out there with the Bogleheads, and we love Jack Boglehead, The Fool, go out there with the Bogleheads and say, don't pick, why would you ever pick stocks? It's just luck. Um, you're not going to beat the averages over time. So, what I love about scoring, point number three, is you learn. And you learn sometimes that you're doing very well, or sometimes you learn you're not doing so well, and what do you need to change? So. Scoring leads to learning. And point number four, and I think this is particularly important for maybe this podcast or my company or frankly any financial source that you consult. Point number four is scoring and winning establishes trust. And that's the way the world should work. And when we look at the world of sports, let's stick with the most international sport I can think of soccer or football. The whole world is watching those athletes. Everybody knows who's scoring and who's not, what the final score is, who got a yellow card. You can look it up if you didn't get a chance to see the game. Everyone knows. Ironically, in a much bigger world, the world of money, finance, the stock market, which is, I know football is big, but this is an even bigger world, ironically, Most people have no idea what the athletes out there taking actions on the field, giving their pre- and post-game interviews, walking and talking. Most people have no idea who's good and who's not. So, If you are looking to be a source, like I'm a source, maybe you're a source, then I would highly encourage you to be scoring what you're doing, because that establishes trust. If you are a source consultant. If you're listening to this podcast because I'm your source, I would encourage you both to hold me accountable and anybody, especially who might be managing your money for you, or that you're watching on TV or reading what they've said in The Wall Street Journal. I would highly encourage you to ask, who is scoring themselves? Who can be scored? Whose stats can I see? And whose can I not? And in my experience, what we're doing on this podcast this week, and as a company, is a pretty rare gem out there in the world at large. I want to praise the mutual fund industry, because it holds itself and is, frankly, regulated to do so pretty darn numerical. so You can see how any funds have done um, over any period, just about. And you can look up stocks, as I'm doing this week with you shortly, and see how they've done. So Those things are held in account. But in my experience, very few financial advisors, brokers, planners, a lot of the people, boots on the ground, who are giving advice to people, What's your record? I don't know. what, Or, what is your firm's record? It's often not clear. The Wall Street analysts who say, buy this, or downgrade to sell, or not really, often they just downgrade to hold, which is kind of like a sell in their parlance, who's keeping score of them? So, what I love about what we're doing this week What I love about Motley Fool Caps and the work of my brother and all the people that support us, and, frankly, many of you, because our community members, you're scoring yourselves, too, on Caps, or holding us accountable on our scorecards. I love that we're scoring. So, there goes my PN to scoring. But, actually, to review those points in closing, if you're going to talk, make sure you're walking. Put your talk into practice. Number 2, act, but score. Number 3, when you score, you learn. If you don't score, you don't. And number four, seek out trustworthy sources that actually score themselves one and, as important, that have good scores, winning scores. All right, so we're going to queue it up. First up this week, it's going to be five low risk stocks for the next year. These were picked one year ago this week. Before we get there, this episode of Rule Breaker Investing is brought to you by Casper. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. Casper is made with supportive memory foam for a sleep service with just the right sink and just the right bounce. Plus, its breathable design sleeps cool to help you regulate your temperature through the night. Bunch of fools have Casper mattresses and love them, and you can order yours easily online, too. It's completely risk-free because Casper offers free delivery and painless returns within a 100-day period. Casper's mattresses are made in the USA. You can save an additional fifty dollars toward a mattress purchase by going to Casper.com/fool and entering the promo code "fool." So go out and do it. Give it a try. Sleep better. That's Casper.com/fool and promo code "fool." Terms and conditions apply. All right, the podcast was. September 7th, 2016, the title, five low-risk stocks for the next year. Feel free to go back and listen. I didn't get a chance, so I'm kind of curious what I was saying back then. But I did note the five stocks, and I recorded their prices as they opened Thursday, September 8th. So, from that day till when I'm taping here, which is, as usual, Tuesday afternoon, the day before this podcast comes out, here is what has happened. So, five low-risk stocks for the next year. I remember I was talking about risk ratings, which is another feature we have at Motley Fool Stock Advisor and Rule Breakers, and I was picking stocks that had low-risk ratings, because the way we do our 0-25 to risk point system is, the lower the score, the lower the risk. So, these stocks are probably all somewhere between 4 and 8, which is quite low on our risk-scoring platform. We'll do them alphabetically as I presented them. Number 1 was Apple. Apple, a year ago, $103.77. $103.77. Apple is today tipping the scales at just over 161 So This is a wonderful way to start this group of five. In fact, a little bit of a spoiler alert, this is the best of the five, I should mention that over the last year, the stock market, the S&P 500, is up 12.36% as I tape this. So We're competing against a bogey of plus 12 in every case. So, plus 55 is looking pretty good. Apple has beaten the market over this one-year contest by 43 percentage points. Who'd have thunk it? The world's most valuable company. You would have thought, well, it's so big already, how could it get bigger? And yet, Apple is up more than 50% since I put it forward to you a year ago, this week, and, I would say, with a high degree of safety. Now, no stock is really safe. It's the stock market after all. And Even big companies can have hard times. and We might have a few more of those before this podcast is done, but I want you to know, pretty remarkable, the combination of what I perceive to be safety and performance. Usually you think, hey, risk equals reward, right? Well, not really. I think one of my learnings over time is that sometimes reward It's greater than risk and sometimes it's well less. Here, I think we see that reward was greater than the risk taken, and Apple has been capital A awesome. Okay, before I get to stock number two, I should mention reviewing the title again it was five low risk stocks for the next year. So, yes, if you think this is the last time you'll ever see me talk about these five, you're right. It was just for the next year. We were just looking for the year ahead. My recollection is that I was talking about it, because I think a lot of people were saying the market is high a year ago, and it might be cruising for a bruising. And So, I was saying, if you're hearing some people give you that talk, let's talk about what I think are five low-risk stocks for the next year. That's why I put forward the list. You know, dear listener, that we think, I think, in terms of three-plus years with almost every pick that I make. and Indeed, each of these five picks is an active Pick in one of my services that I like today and would recommend to you today going forward. But for this contest, for this sampler, it was all about the year that now was. All right, stock number no. two, the ticker symbol is CNI. The company is Canadian National. This is the big Canadian railroad company. A year ago, it was at $65.03. $65, today it is at $80 and $0.09 as I do this podcast. The stock is up 23.2%. The market, again, up 124 So, we've got a plus 11 on Canadian National. I don't have a lot to say about Canadian National. I don't follow it as closely as I would a company like Apple. But part of what I love about Canadian National is its railroads, its trains. It's been around for a long time. And guess what? It's going to be around for a long time more. And by the way, a few of these companies pay dividends, so I'm not including their dividends in their returns. But, I love companies like Canadian National because you really can add it to your portfolio and then just let the trains run on the tracks for years. Stock number three the ticker symbol is DIS. The company is Walt Disney. Walt Disney, a year ago, at $93.48. This one's going to be a minus, by the way. Now, first off, I want to say that Disney is, in fact, up. So a year ago, 93.48. Today, it's 101. $101.34. $101.34. $1. 34, and that's good. I mean, that's up That's up 8%. stock's giving you a dividend. But it's not quite good enough, because the stock market, as I mentioned, is up 12.4%. So, Disney, against the stock market, has underperformed by five percentage points. So, Disney, in my parlance, has been a loser over the last year, even though I like where Disney is, I like the incredible business it's doing, and I'm looking forward to the next Star Wars. And I'm looking forward to continued outperformance from Disney, but for the year that was five low-risk stocks, this one lost to the market, albeit it still rose. Stock number four. Stock number four is very similar to Disney in one regard. It also rose, but did not keep up with the market. The ticker symbol is ECL, and the company is Echolab. Now, this is an amazing company that helps clean up the world or keep you and your work environment safe in all kinds of ways. This is a company worth tens of billions of dollars. It's a leader in its field. It's one of those businesses that I feel great about. I try to feel great about every company I'm invested in. I want to believe in what we're doing, and I want to like the people and the culture. And This is one of those companies for me. Echolab was at $122.08 a year ago this week, and today it's at $132.25. That means it's up just over 8%. But unfortunately, the market is up just over 12%, so we have to put a minus four next to Echolab. Which takes us to the fifth and final stock of this group, and that is none other than, well, I used to, I was probably calling it Google a year ago, but it's alphabet. And I use the class C shares as my example, so the ticker symbol is G-O-O-G alphabet and or Google if you will. Google a year ago at $778.59 as a stock. Today, it is at $925.93. Those are big numbers, but when you translate it to percentages, it doesn't sound quite so awesome. Google is up 18.92% over the last year. The market up 1236 So, we can put a plus seven and put Google Alphabet in the win column for this group of stocks. So, there you have it. As I get ready to transition to my second group, this group of five stocks to review again Apple, Canadian National, Disney, Echolab, and Alphabet, or G-O-O-G, if you will, as a group, plus 52 percentage points over the market averages. So if you divide that by five, that means the average stock I just presented to you beat the market by 10.4 percentage points over the last year. Which means, in a year in which the stock market went up about 12.4%, I'm really happy to say that these stocks went up 22.7% on average, largely carried by the big winner, Apple, which is not uncommon in Rule Breaker Investing. It's not uncommon that our few biggest winners beat all the rest of them combined. So Apple, the big winner here, 43 percentage points of that 52 of alpha, that is percentage points that beat the market average, that's what alpha is. 43 of that 52 alpha coming from Apple. But my main point here is it was a good year. The stock market not only did it not drop, but it did pretty well above average. And I remember the gloom and doom talk in fall of 2016. And so, I'm really happy to note that this safe group of stocks beat the market averages by 10 percentage points. And I think this is argument number 343 on this podcast as to why you shouldn't just mail it in with the index fund. Have some fun, add some stocks to your portfolio, find good companies, hold them. I bet you'll be pretty pleased with the results. I'm certainly pleased by how this sampler performed. Okay, and now let's go back into our way back machine and go a bit farther back, a little bit more way, way back. Two years ago, this week on this podcast, when I picked five stocks for the next five years, it's dated September 2nd, 2015. If you want to go back and hear that podcast, I'd love to hear any insights you have. I didn't go back and listen to it to do this, but as is my want, I noted what the stocks were, their opening prices the day after the podcast, took them right through to today. Let's see what's happened, and we've got some glory and some gloom in this list. Let's see what's happened to our five stocks for the next five years. First of all, I should note, how's the stock market done over these past two years? The answer is, as of this taping, the market is up 25.29%. I like to carry my percents out to two decimals. Not so radio-friendly, though. So Let's call it 25%, if you will, or maybe 253 So That's the bogey. That's what we're shooting for with these five stocks for the next five years. We're trying to beat that. That's been the first two years. Alphabetically presented, the first one up is Activision Blizzard. The ticker symbol is ATVI. And Two years ago this week, Activision was at $28.38. Now, I hope you're a shareholder. Certainly talked about this stock on and off, not just in that podcast, but a few times over the last couple of years. Now, if you're a Motley Fool stock advisor member, this is one of those kind of starter stocks, one of those core holdings a company that we love. I love it today. I loved it two years ago. You're gonna see why shortly. I loved it more than ten years ago when I first picked it. This has been a mega winner and I think will continue to be a big time market beater. For those who patiently hold it over the long term. So, Activision, again, just over $28 a share two years ago. Today, over $64 a share. It's at $64.79 as we tape this. That's a performance of 128.3%. So, it's been more than a two bagger in these two years, five stocks for the next five years off to a hot start. Again, the market up 25 percentage points over this time, so we can put a plus 103. That's a great way to start this group of five. Again, there's going to be some tough times ahead, but let's celebrate the winners right now. Activision Blizzard has been a monster of these five companies. Pretty sure that if we looked across the holdings of members Of the Motley Fool. If you're a paying premium service member, this is probably one of the more popular holdings of these five, probably the most widely held of the five. So that makes me very happy. Okay, stock number two. Stock number two. Anybody been through the Middle West recently and stopped at one of Casey's general stores? Well, that's stock number two. The ticker symbol is C A S -S Y. And if you did take the time to go to Casey's, hope you enjoyed the pizza. Maybe you filled up your gas. I'd like you to go back a little bit more. And if you're somebody who's never been to a Casey's General Store, I have an upcoming 2018 New Year's resolution for you. I want you to go and spend some money at Casey's. because Casey's hasn't been a great pick for me over the last two years. And yet, we're only two years into five, so let's see. Casey's two years ago this week at $104.93 as things opened up. On September third, twenty fifteen. Today, from 10493, it's gone to 104 ninety. That's right, it's down three cents from where I picked it two years ago. Now things haven't been quite as dull as that might sound. That first year was pretty strong. I reviewed this group of stocks a year ago or so on this podcast, and I was probably crowing a little bit about Casey's general Stores. I was probably saying, these guys are kind of like 7-Eleven, you'd think it's sleepy and slow, but look, it's gone from like 105 or so to 135, which was quite a good performance at the time. But in the meantime, over the last year, it's kind of declined from its high of around 135, just right back down to about 105 where I picked it in the first place. So we've gone up, we've gone down, we're kind of back where we started. And so for Casey, since the market's up 25 percentage points over these last two years, we have to give a minus 25 in the loss column for Casey's General Stores. Again, I still like the company. I still feel bullish about it. And yes, you and I know one of your New Year's resolutions right now. So we got that going for us too. Stock number three. This is the real clunker of the list. I barely want to talk about FireEye and how sad I am that I picked it two years ago. It's definitely a pick of mine in Motley Fool Stock Advisor. If you were with me, you're down. We're all down. Two years ago, the stock was at, well, just about $38 a share, $37.99. And this week, as I tape this podcast, the stock is at $14.68. It's down 61% against a market that was up 25%. If you round it out, it's actually a minus 87. So, almost fully wiping out the gains that we got, the market beating gains, I should say, that we got from Activision Blizzard is this one stock, FireEye underperforming, having to change over CEOs at the time, a company that's still trying to find itself and figure out who it wants to be in the cybersecurity space. Still a very vital, important company, but a stock that has performed very poorly, and a business that hasn't performed that great. A lot of high expectations when I picked this stock two years ago. And unfortunately, when high expectations aren't met, and we're talking about stocks with higher valuations, like a lot of Rule Breakers have, Things can really come a cropper, and they have for FireEye shareholders. So um, that is the that's the worst news that I had for you this week. I am happy to say it gets a little bit better from there, though. Stock number no. four. So if you liked Activision Blizzard earlier, I've got an even better performing stock to talk about. It's not in the same business, not even in the same country, but Mercado Libre, which I picked on this podcast as this five stock sampler two years ago, at hundred ten dollars and eight cents. Really happy to say. This company, the e commerce leader in Latin America, has now gone from $110 to $254.13. It has been a big time winner. This is a second multi bagger we have in this five stock sampler. Mercado Libre up 130.86%, way ahead of the market averages. We get to put a plus 106 in the big time win and the number no. one performer column for this group of five. Thank you, Mercado Libre, and everything connected to you. And that takes me to the final stock in this group. And this has kind of a, been a sleepier performer like Casey's General Stores, although a little bit of a loser. And that's Middleby, a company that we like a lot. The ticker symbol is MIDD. So, Middleby, which is the leader in the commercial restaurant oven space. Owns brands like Viking as well, starting to make its way into the consumer space. Middleby, brilliantly managed over these years by Celine Bassoul, the CEO. I picked at $107.71 two years ago. This week it's at $121.52. So it's up. That's nice. But that's 13% against a market that's risen 25%. So it's an underperformer. So to calculate the numbers then and sum it all up, those five stocks are up plus 85 overall. 85 percentage points ahead of the market as a group, dividing by five, that's an even 17 percentage points ahead of the market. So the stock market, again, over the last two years, up 25%. That's what you'd be if you bought an index fund, but you'd not be quite up that much because you have to pay a little bit of a fee to own that index fund. So you'd be down a little. If you just bought and held these five stocks, You'd be up 42 percentage points. You'd be a happy capital F fool. Well, I'm a happy capital F fool because I love presenting these two groups of stocks to you this week. Again, five low risk stocks for the next year and five stocks for the next five years. Some losers Some winners and a few big time winners, which is really, in the end, I think, the story of rule breaker investing and how we invest. All right. Well, it's time to say goodbye for this week. But before we go, I have two quick housekeeping items. The first is you can check out past episodes of Rule Breakers, all the Motley Fools podcasts at our podcast center. That's just go to podcasts.fool.com. and While you're there, you can check out our flagship service, Motley Fool Stock Advisor. A new issue of Stock Advisor comes out the third Friday of the month with two new stock recommendations from me and my brother, Tom Gardner. You can check it out by going to the Podcast Center and scroll to the bottom of the page. That's podcasts.fool.com. As many Rule Breakers as I talked about this week, I'd be remiss if I didn't say you should check out RuleBreakers.com to learn more about our service that focuses on disruptive growth stocks like, well, Stocks like Tesla, Under Armour, or how about this week's Mercado Libre? That's housekeeping item number one. Number two is what are we going to do next week? Good news. About 10 podcasts or so ago, I picked stocks. So next week, it's time to pick five new ones. That's what I'm looking forward to bringing you next week. In the meantime, full on. As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Molly Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Learn more about Rule Breaker Investing at rbi.fool.com.